Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. Broken together, whether you're talking about a relationship that you are in with a, a committed partner, or whether you're talking about a relationship with a child or a friend, a coworker, a former partner, a person you're dating, or the person that you see when you look in the mirror. The key, really, when everything else is taken into consideration, is accepting the brokenness that we all have as humans and seeing it not as a fatal flaw, but as the beauty of who we are. Have you ever looked at nature, you know, looked at all the trees or even a tree or a bush or whatever? When you examine it closely, there are many defects, things that we would consider flaws. And yet, when you put it all together, it's beautiful. One of the, to me, one of the most beautiful parts of nature is autumn, when the leaves are all dying, actually. And yet, I don't usually think, oh, death is so beautiful. It's part of the human experience to have qualities that challenge us. They challenge us. Our own qualities challenge us. Have you ever heard yourself say, oh, I hate that about myself? Maybe, maybe when you were younger and more immature, you said that, right? <laughs> but, I mean, we, we're challenged by our qualities. And for those of you who have kids, one of the most challenging qualities is to look at your kids and see those same qualities in them, the ones that you didn't like in yourself, and there they are. Or the ones that you didn't like in your former spouse, and there they are in your kids who you can't divorce. <laughs> you know, our, our whole life as humans is oriented toward helping us learn to accept and love that which is not easy to accept and love. I'm pretty sure everybody's had the opportunity by now to have one relationship that didn't work out so well for them, only to find out in the next relationship, man, there's that same irritating quality. <laughs> How did that happen? I was so sure I did not want that. And there it is, again, giving us another opportunity to explore, can we love even that? There's a beautiful book called Wabi Sabi Love by um, Arielle Ford. And Wabi Sabi refers to a Japanese tradition that there's a crack in everything. You know that Leonard Cohen song, um, Forget Your Perfect Offering, There's a Crack in Everything, Ring the Bells That Still Can Ring, There's a Crack, a Crack.
crack and everything. So in Wabi Sabi, there is, they're celebrating the crack. And she talked about a picture of, of a vase. It's this beautiful vase, and it's got a crack right down the middle of it. And they fill it with gold as if to celebrate that the crack itself is what's beautiful, which is not how we think about it when we're thinking we're supposed to be perfect. We're thinking, you know, I've got the whole package here except for this thing. And, and this is often the deal breaker for us in our relationships. And yet they're saying, no, here's where it's beautiful. It's such a challenge to think that way. In this book, she relates one example of this couple who he had this habit of having a bagel every morning, a poppy seed bagel. And he would slice it, and poppy seeds, as you can imagine, would get on the counter. And he'd leave them there. And there would even be poppy seeds on the floor as he took the bagel to wherever it was he was going to eat it. Morning after morning after morning, she came in there, and you know she had mentioned this to him <laughs> more than once. But still, there's the poppy seeds on the floor. And she caught herself, this woman saying at one time, if for just once I could come into the kitchen and there wouldn't be any poppy seeds on the, on the counter or the floor. And then she had this, what would that mean? That would mean he was no longer there. And so after that, those poppy seeds, which remained there forever and ever, they became the sacred reminder to her of how valuable he was to her. It's all in the frame that we put on something. Because every relationship is going to have those irritating things about them that we could come up with our plan, our remodeling plan for this other person. And oh my gosh, we have so many ideas for how we could redecorate this person's psyche. <laughs> but it's not going to work. <laughs> we've all tried it. Be honest, we've all tried it. It doesn't work. We're lucky if we can get to reform and redecorate ourselves in any way, let alone somebody else. And so it's really about, can we possibly just accept that that's the way it is and see if we can find a way to deal with it that's more humorous. The author was saying that she has this bad habit of she drops her shoes wherever, you know, she kicks them off and then kind of forgets them routinely. And her husband is a lot neater and more organized. And she said sometimes he will pick up the shoe and he'll sit her down and he'll do this Cinderella thing and put it on her foot. And, and he just is playful about it. Because in fact, it's not criminal. I know, you know, recently, you know, Jeff was in the hospital, and when I was sitting there in the hospital with him, I wasn't thinking about 
anything that he does that irritates me. I know you're shocked to know that there could be anything, but <laughs> at, at, in a moment like that, we're all focused on, oh my God, I love this person. I want this person safe. So why can't we think about that all the time? Why do we let little things become so difficult for us? I know there was, there was a, a short point in time where I started noticing something about Jeff that, that irritated me, and I kept thinking about it. And you know what? He did it more and more and more as I noticed it. And then I thought, what am I doing that for? And I, I shifted my attention to what does he do that I love? And I was just overwhelmed with how much this man does to show me his love. And I thought, well, I could focus on this stupid thing or I could focus on all this. One of them will make me and us happy and the other will make us miserable. We always have that choice. I can do the same thing with myself. I can focus on, oh my God, I did this thing and I'm so irritated with myself. I can't believe I did this. I can beat myself up till I'm black and blue, but I probably won't change it. I'll just be unhappy. Or I can focus on what I love about myself and just feel really good about who I am. We all have that choice every day. When we are in relationship, no matter who we're in the relationship with, we have the opportunity to see where we are lacking in love for ourselves. Because I can guarantee you, the places where those others in our lives are failing to love us properly are sort of red lights about where we are failing to love ourselves enough. The things that we are not getting, that we think we're entitled to from that other person. If we're really honest with ourselves and ask, am I giving myself that? Well, no, but that's his job, right? I mean, don't we think that way sometimes? If we're honest? I think within, when we talk about compassionate relationships, I don't want to give the impression that when you're in a relationship, all relationships, you must be in them forever. Because that isn't always the best thing. A lot of us have been in relationships before, the one that we're in now, and we're not looking back I hope, as a result of this, and saying, oh, I should still be in that one. I should have done it differently. That's not compassionate. It's not helpful. And it, always, it is not always even true. Sometimes a relationship has simply run its course. Sometimes the relationship doesn't have the basic ingredients that you need for a compassionate relationship to continue. One of those essential ingredients, in my opinion, is responsibility. So there are some of us who take responsibility 
And we're asking ourselves always the question, what else could I do? How could I do this better? What, what is it about this interaction that is my responsibility? That's a healthy, healthy question to ask. But we can take it too far if the other person is never, ever interested in asking that question. If the other person is only interested in pointing out what we could do better instead of what they could do better. That is not the foundation for a healthy relationship. So we talk a lot about taking responsibility and looking at our own actions and recognizing that we are the microcosm and it ripples out there. So in this group in particular, the likelihood that you are somebody who takes responsibility is higher. And be aware that you don't want to take it to such an extent that you are miserable and the other person doesn't really care. Because that is not a formula for happiness. So I can't, I can't make, I can't make a, a rule that says, and so in that case, then get divorced. I'm just wanting to make sure that you don't take this too far. You start out with this compassionate heart. You look at what are these qualities. You ask yourself, in the great scheme of things, is it that important? Can I live with that? Can I find a way to look at this with more humor or compassion or generosity? But there's a point sometimes at which you also have to say, hey, I also matter. I also matter. There's a point at which sometimes you have to say compassion recognizes that we don't march in a straight line through life. That sometimes we go in different directions and compassion says, it's okay. It's okay. With my former husband, I went through an experience where I feel like I took too much responsibility and I could see what his issue was. I could see when I listened deeply to what he was going through, I could, I could see what was underneath that. And so for a time, I was willing to be okay with that. But then at a certain point, I realized, yeah, but he's not looking at what's underneath it. Only I'm doing that. And I end up suffering. And it's not like he was happy. It wasn't working for anybody. And the reality is that he was needing to go in a different direction or look deeply, which he didn't want to do. And so it meant going in separate ways. And that's OK. That's OK. Yes, it hurts. There is suffering. That's what the Buddha said, right? There's always going to be suffering. It's not like if we just, we can avoid suffering. <laughs> you know, you can't get out of it. It's going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you got to be paying attention. That's a one-off. <laughs> Compassionate relationships. It's what our hearts are made for. We have to be able to forgive. We have to be able to be generous and allow other people to have their experiences. To allow them to have their opinions that are different than ours. To, to allow them to vote for whoever they vote for. To believe whatever they believe. Knowing that we will not all be the same. Our hearts have to be bigger than other people's choices. Because every place that we build a wall and we don't allow someone into our heart, have you heard of the experience called hardening of the arteries? What happens when your arteries get hard? No, it's not good. You're, you're marching toward death. We harden the walls of our heart against people who don't behave the way we think they should. And we need to forgive, we need to be generous, we need to be accepting. We need a compassionate heart in order to thrive. But the heart is a muscle. And it needs exercise just like the rest of the muscles. And so all those people in your life, whether they're doing something minor, like still leaving the poppy seed crumbs on the counter, or doing something major, those people are giving you an opportunity to exercise your heart muscle. Celebrate them. <laughs>